Well, Jesus has had a very busy week so far. Triumphal entry on Sunday. Boy, that was, that was quite a, quite a festival. Quite a point that Jesus made. He's the king, but on his terms. Tuesday, he cleansed the temple. Made it very clear that those days of temple authority and religious laws were over. Then he confronted the Jewish leaders on Tuesday. Did I say, I gotta do that, did I say, get my days mixed up? I wondered. I got my days mixed up. It's okay. So, we're doing Wednesday? Yep. Welcome to devotions during Easter week. This is Wednesday. Jesus had a very busy week so far. On Sunday, he did the triumphal entry, a big, big celebration and lots of activity and lots of celebration and declaring Jesus the king, but on his terms. Then on Monday, he cleansed the temple. And on Tuesday, he had a confrontation with the Jewish leaders. Which brings us to a day when Jesus was not in Jerusalem. Rather, he was in Bethany at the home of Simon the leper. It's not surprising that he doesn't go to Jerusalem. He needs to rest. He needs to prepare for the strenuous events that he knows will come later in the week. But there's still a significant message found in Matthew's text that gives us pause as we reflect upon our relationship with Jesus. And I think Matthew arranges his text in the way that I'm going to read it today for a very important purpose. I think you'll see it as we read together. Matthew 26, beginning with verse 1. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, As you know, the Passover is two days away, and the Son of Man will be handed out to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the place of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas. And they schemed to arrest Jesus and secretly kill him. But not during the festival, they said, for there may be a riot among the people. While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She's done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. When Jesus was anointed by the woman who poured expensive perfume on his head, he said, she did this to prepare for my burial. Now, the customary practice when a Jewish person dies is to include 
an anointing with perfume in the preparation of the body after the person is gone. But if a person dies a criminal's death, that anointing with perfume is omitted. And even though Jesus was not a criminal, he did die a criminal's death, and thus would not then get the full preparation of his body. So in anticipation of this, this anointing, even though she didn't know it, served that purpose. And Jesus declared it so when she did it. But I would suggest there's a more important purpose that Matthew includes in this story. And it's found in verse 13 when Jesus says, Throughout the whole world, what she has done will be told in remembrance of her. This incident, also recorded by Mark and John, establishes this woman's legacy. For all who read the Bible from then on, and it's a wonderful legacy of worship and sacrifice and love given to Jesus. Matthew goes on and tells another story, beginning with verse 14. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests, the ones we read about in verses 1 through 5 of chapter 26. And he said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over. Now there's been much speculation as to the motive of Judas for betraying Jesus. The most widely held is that he was very disappointed that Jesus did not fulfill his kingly role the way he wanted him to. <laughs> Remember, Jesus presented himself at the, as the king, but on his terms. Evidently, it wasn't on Judas's terms. So Judas was disappointed. He probably was looking forward to being in the ruling group when Jesus established his kingdom on earth sitting on one of the thrones, ruling in the kingdom of God. But when Jesus made it clear that he was a peaceful king, a suffering king, he wasn't going to be satisfied. Judas wasn't going to be satisfied with that. So he took advantage of the situation and tried to get at least something out of his association with Jesus, even if it was only, if it was only 30 pieces of silver. So with this action, Judas established his legacy forever. Anyone who knows the story of the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus knows the name Judas. It's not spoken with any type of admiration. In fact, it's spoken with disdain. So how do you want to be remembered? Do you want to be remembered as a Judas, someone who betrays his close friend because they didn't measure up to what you wanted from them, someone who turns on you because you don't give them what they desire out of life? Or do you want to be remembered as the woman who worshiped Jesus and loved Jesus on his terms? What legacy will you take in your Christian life? A significant Wednesday 
in the life of Jesus.